From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken LaVica. About to get into the listening lunch here on Ken LaVica Live. By the way, for entertainment purposes, you may want to tune in to WPTV News <laughs> Channel 5 tonight. Just, I'm just giving it a little tease, Theo. Little That's tease. what they call it in the industry, right? Yeah. little tease. So, uh, Theo's friends from WPTV News Channel 5 rolled through um, with a, uh, a TV camera. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were, for the better part of the first hour, they were, they were filming everything we were doing, talking Brian Flores. So, didn't get a heads up about this, though, from Theo. <laughs> our intrepid... <laughs> Our intrepid TV reporter didn't give us a heads up that this was happening until 11.30. So I was already in the office, and I am wearing today Florida Atlantic sweatpants Mm. and a Bubba Wallace t-shirt. And that is what is going to be tonight, me, featured on WPTV News Channel 5. Now, Theo, he's wearing a Nike hat. He's wearing an Allen Iverson t-shirt. So both of us are going to be on WPTV, the highest-rated local NBC affiliate in the entire state of Florida and one of the highest in the country. And it's going to be you and me in T-shirts tonight. That's true. And I don't have a haircut, so I, I grabbed the hat on my way out. I said, oh, once I found out the TV crew was coming, I said, I can't let them see me like so this. So let me, let, me, let me be clear about this. <laughs> you knew before you left your house, yet you still went with the T-shirt and the hat. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I was leaving the house as I got confirmation. I grabbed the hat off the little rack where I'll hang my keys, and I was like, okay, let me throw the hat on. At least I can cover up this bad hair day. You know how pissed I would have been if Theo got changed and no. like wore a nice collared shirt or like a, a, a sport coat, and here I am in like sweatpants and T-shirt. I was already in the office at 1130. By the way, uh, television crews are coming by. Yeah. Awesome. So tonight, just have a chuckle or two as you uh, you see Theo and I talking about Brian Flores during the show, but I'm wearing a Bubba Wallace t-shirt. Yeah. I haven't had a haircut in two weeks. My beard is unkempt and unruly, and Theo's wearing the AI shirt with, uh, with the Nike hat. Yeah. At least we're sporty. We have sports t-shirts on. We yeah, we like, do have sports t-shirts. We look qualified. Yeah. Brianna, the reporter, she was very nice. She, she, she was. She didn't very criticize sweet. our, our wares. So no, good. no, I appreciate that. Uh, so thank you to Brianna, you said? Yeah, Brianna. Well done. Well done. So check that out tonight. You're not going to want to miss it. Uh, the uh, the terrible-looking Ken and Theo talking <laughs> Brian Flores on WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. All right, time now for the listening lunch. The audio clips you absolutely unequivocally have to hear and we will react to them here on ken lavica live let's begin with lewis riddick who is on get up this morning lewis riddick monday night football and he was talking about the attractiveness of two now vacant nfl coaching jobs in the nfc north a lot of coaches want to work with justin Fields. a lot of coaches are going to want to work with darnell mooney a lot of coaches who will look at that franchise and consider what its history is as a blue blood, as you know, as a pillar organization, although they haven't been winners really at, at a high level for a long time, and say, I want to work there. I want to work in that city. I'll work for that ownership group as long as 
they restructure the front office to the degree where we're not saddled with a bunch of business people and people who are incompetent when it comes to football sitting here telling me what I need to do. And we have it structured right from the very top down. I, I, no question people look at it at that. So, Lewis Riddick obviously advocating for the Bears. Matt Nagy getting fired, no surprise to anybody. Uh, advocating for the Bears. You want to work with Justin Fields. You want to work with Mooney. You want to work with the pieces they have on that offense. Now, the other NFC North team that has a vacancy is Minnesota with Mike Zimmer fired this morning. I think Mike Zimmer, like Brian Flores, good coach. Mike Zimmer's gone to the postseason. Mike Zimmer has made some deep runs. I think the common denominator with where the Vikings have failed is that quarterback in Kirk Cousins. I think that's been the biggest issue there. But as far as attractiveness is concerned, let's just take a quick poll here, Theo. Open vacancies, as we know them, right now in the NFL. Chicago, Minnesota, Miami. If you were a head coach, if you were a pursued head coach, where do you want to coach? I would, I would, oh my goodness, that's tough. I would go Miami, though. I would go Miami over Chicago. I would go last Minnesota. I tend to agree with you. I think Miami's the most desirable roster, even with the deficiencies on offense. Yeah. You do have a young quarterback that you're able to work with. You have an owner that's clearly going to go for it if he decides that there needs to be a personnel change. Uh, Now, you do apparently have a GM that you need to make sure, make sure he's your boy or else you could run into trouble. Just ask Brian Flores. But you have an elite-level defense. You have Xavier Howard. You have Byron Jones. You have Javon Holland. I mean... You have Christian Wilkins. Yeah. You have Emmanuel Ogba. I mean, that defense is sick. They're good. That defense is sick. Jalen Phillips. Minnesota, they're just sort of okay across the board. I don't know what I like. And then the one piece you like the most, maybe it's Justin Jefferson, but also Dalvin Cook. It's like, is he going to be there? Right. I I think Chicago may be behind Miami and then Minnesota. I think Miami of the three open vacancies right now, Mm -hmm. that's probably where I would pick. Listing lunch here on ESPN 106.3. Ken Levicka, Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX, Fox 29. Uh, and uh, then you had Evan Cohen, his 11.55 show today. He'll be back on at 5.55 here on ESPN 106.3. Your double dose of Evan Cohen, that second show coming right after the 4 to 5.55 version of uh, uh, Josh Cohen and the home team with Dean Thomas and Tina. Evan had some pretty extensive thoughts on Brian Flores. Here is Evan on Flo and the Dolphins situation. They've done it again. The Miami Dolphins have fired a coach yet again. It is remarkable what this franchise has done. I could say I'm shocked that they fired Brian Flores today, but it's the Dolphins. I don't know how you can't love Brian Flores. I think he's a big-time coach. I think he represents the organization well. And I think the Dolphins, still led by Stephen Ross, got to be fair, have this mentality that they are a big-time franchise. And they're not. You have not been a big-time significant franchise since 1972. But the Miami Dolphins think they're something they are not. The Miami Dolphins think they are an elite franchise that can just circle through coaches that all of a sudden they're going to get somebody better than Brian Flores. Let me explain something. I get the fact that he started 1-7 and seven just like he finished winning 8 of his last 9. I get the fact that it's been one quarterback and two in and then out, whether it's Ryan Fitzpatrick or Jacoby Brissett. I get the fact that he's had all these different offensive coordinators. But let's be clear. 
The Miami Dolphins had Brian Flores for three years. He was 5-11, and 10-6, 9-8. This is the first time they've had back-to-back winning seasons over the course of two seasons since 2000. All right? He beat the Patriots yesterday. He beat the Patriots to start the season. They will not get a coach better than Brian Flores. You know why? Because if they're not getting Jim Harbaugh, coaches don't want to coach the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins are not a big-time franchise. Steven Ross has proven to have a quick hook relative to coaches. It is ridiculous that Brian Flores is out. If you told me they made this move and Jim Harbaugh was coming in with his old staff in San Francisco, Vic Fangio is his defensive coordinator who just got fired by the Broncos, and Greg Roman is his offensive coordinator who's been with Baltimore and Buffalo as well, all right, fine. But that's not what's happening. This is a middle-of-the-pack-at-best organization, probably bottom third-of-the-league organization, and they've been this way for a long period of time. And the Miami Dolphins cannot expect for the next three years to be better than the previous three years. This is a colossal mistake getting rid of Brian Flores. Now, Evan is admittedly a Patriots homer. Loves Brian Flores because he's part of the Belichick Patriot way. Uh, I agree with Evan that the Dolphins are a mediocre franchise at best, the way they run the organization. Um, uh, But to say that Stephen Ross has been shown to have a quick hook, and that's why coaches don't want to coach in Miami, I just think that's wrong. I don't think that's correct. Stephen Ross came in. He inherited Tony Sperano and uh, wanted to pursue Jim Harbaugh. Tony Sperano did not perform. Tony Sperano got fired when he should have been fired. He got let go when he should have been let go. In comes Joe Philbin. That clearly was a whiff. That was a miss on Stephen Ross's part, but Joe Philbin also got embroiled in the bullying scandal uh, that engulfed Richie Incognito and Jonathan Martin, and so Joe Philbin, he got fired when he should have been fired. That's not a quick hook. It wasn't working. It was time to make a decision. Joe Philbin left. So then another whiff came on Adam Gase. Adam Gase got the hook when he deserved to get the hook. He was bad. That was not uh that that was not premature by any stretch. He just he his time had had, had come and that got reinforced when Adam Gase was in New York with the Jets. And so Brian Flores, you can make the case, is the only instance of a quick hook with Stephen Ross. That Brian Flores is the only instance of head-scratching, jaw-dropping, quote-unquote surprising by firing a head coach. But Stephen Ross is also tired of waiting. Stephen Ross, they drafted a quarterback, number five overall, and the guy was undercut by the head coach really from the very beginning. So he made a tough decision. But this is the first time there's a coach that you can argue should have kept his job And maybe Stephen Ross was a little bit quick on the trigger. Yes, the Dolphins are a mediocre franchise, like Evan says. Do I think they're unattractive? No. I think there's plenty of coaches that want to come down and coach this team. The Dolphins have endless resources. They have money. They have an owner who's going to, maybe to his detriment, go for it in a pursuit of a Deshaun Watson. Yeah. But Stephen Ross doesn't have a reputation for a quick hook. Uh Uh-uh. If anything, he's had too much loyalty. And I wouldn't say I, I at least haven't felt from the outside looking in or even from people tweeting about the Dolphins job or vacancy that coaches don't want to come to Miami. Like, I would assume that that's a position or especially when we look at the other options that are open, that is 
pretty favorable. Yeah. Solid defense. I mean, you have to figure out if you're going to be a Tua guy, if you're going to stick with him or try and draft him. But, like, for next year, you're a Tua guy. Hmm? The Dolphins have Tua next year unless you shoot for the stars on one of those big swing trades, and then you're even more happy. If you got a phone call from Stephen Ross or Shad Khan, I think you're probably taking the Stephen Ross phone call first. Yeah, yeah. You I know? forgot the Jaguars even. I know. Yeah. And that's officially not open yet. It's going to be open. Daryl Bevel's not going to be retained. What do you think the Raiders do? Well, the Raiders are going to be pursuing Jim Harbaugh, I think. I don't but, like, what if he went, What if he, like messes around and wins the playoff game? Like, I Don't know. they have the Bengals? Right now, the Dolphins are in a spot where they can make a run at somebody Whoever. before everybody else is able to make a run mm-hmm. at somebody, which is part of the reason I think that the timing of this is interesting. And that brings us to the final portion of the listening lunch. Stephen Ross today at his Zoom press conference after the firing of Brian Flores talking specifically about Jim Harbaugh and pulling Harbaugh away from Michigan. And, uh, Jim Harbaugh. I love Jim Harbaugh. Uh, had the opportunity once before to come to, to the uh, Miami Dolphins. Uh, but uh, he's at the University of Michigan, as everybody really knows. And I guess that's really one of my really, uh, that is my school I graduated from, and I'm very involved in it. And I'm not going to be the person who takes Jim Harbaugh to the University of Michigan. I hope he stays there. He's a great coach. I'm not going to be the one that takes Jim Harbaugh away from the University of Michigan. When I first heard that, my stomach dropped because I believe that or believed that this would be all-in on Jim Harbaugh now. You get rid of Brian Flores because you're all-in on Jim Harbaugh. I'm actually not convinced that still isn't the case because if you are parsing the words, I'm not going to be the one to take Jim Harbaugh away from Michigan. What if Jim Harbaugh makes the decision to make himself available and leave Michigan? Totally different ballgame, right? I was about to say that he did word that pretty, like, it's a little eerie. Like, all right. And he, There's he's definitely some room for interpretation, right? Yeah, yeah. like he, he wants Jim Harbaugh for sure. And he has that direct line to have a conversation with Jim Harbaugh. So those talks might be going on. What he might be doing is just letting Harbaugh make that decision mm-hmm. for himself. And then when he does, he can say, look, Jim wanted to come down. He wanted to coach for us. Did I offer him a little more money? Maybe sure. Yeah. He wanted to come down. So I think that's what might happen. Now, Pro Football Talk is reporting that Stephen Ross and Jim Harbaugh have talked, but it's been more about an extension at Michigan, which makes it clear that Stephen Ross, one way or another, is going to try and get what he wants, whether it's Jim Harbaugh staying at Michigan or Jim Harbaugh declaring he's available and then Stephen Ross can pursue him to take over the Dolphins. But I don't think that those words from Stephen Ross means that Jim Harbaugh is not going to be a target. And you can get out in front of the Raiders in this spot. And you'll be competing with the Bears right away if Jim Harbaugh is available. But who would you like to see, whether you're a fan or an enemy of the Dolphins? Who should be the Dolphins' head coach? Who should the Dolphins pursue? Because for me, I think it's all in on Jim Harbaugh. It's Jim Harbaugh or bust in my mind. Go get the guy. Friday Night Lights can attest. I said it last week. If... Jim Harbaugh is available. You go get him, and you say farewell to Brian Flores. Well, one part of that has come true today with Brian Flores being let go. 
Who should the Dolphins target be? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And you can tweet at us at ESPN West Palm. Who should the Dolphins target be? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Because I am all in on Harbaugh. The South Florida Fair, you should be all in on it as well. It's right around the corner. January 14th, it starts in West Palm. All you have to do is go to SouthFloridaFair.com for the info. The favorites are back. The fried Oreos, the live animals, the rides, the music, everything that comes with the fair, it is absolutely the best. It is the best. Fair tickets on sale now at SouthFloridaFair.com and at Publix, including the Mega Saver Package, Four any-day admissions, two ride wristband vouchers, and four $5 food tickets. That's a $150 value on sale for just $98. Absurd. The fair again, January 14th. That's when it opens in West Palm, SouthFloridaFair.com. That's SouthFloridaFair.com. Who should the Dolphins be targeting now that they have a coaching vacancy? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And Theo, there's a national championship game tonight. There's a legit national championship Wait. game tonight. College football still being played. College football. Yeah, they're playing it for a title tonight. National championship. A national championship. The whole thing. The big trophy and everything. And and but I, all I can think about is the fact that Broncos are, are trying to get Gerard Mayo from from the Patriots staff. Get right your now. head right. Stay focused. They're playing I mean, for a crystal football tonight, Theo. But you know Brian Flores. I mean the yeah. NFL. It's Black Monday. I understand that, but. College football has decided that they want to play for a national championship If they want to. All right, sure. Alabama and Georgia, the rematch. We'll discuss it as well. He's Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I am Ken LaVica, and I'm live on ESPN 106.3. That has to be, but whether it was Vic Fangio or, and and man, Vic Fangio, the Broncos wasted no time after that (laughs) loss to the Chiefs saying, yeah, Vic's done. Uh, whether it's 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 Vic Fangio, whether it's the eventual opening in Jacksonville, Matt Nagy in Chicago, Mike Zimmer with the Vikings. I mean, the one that caught everybody off guard is Brian Flores. Yeah, yeah. Without question. Everything else we could have predicted. Yeah. Brian Flores is one of those guys that we can, you know, we thought he was off of that hot seat at least a little bit. Like, we knew it was a possibility all throughout the season, but going eight out of the nine, winning seven straight, having a shot at the playoffs, obviously not last week, but two weeks ago. We thought the Dolphins and Miami and you know Brian Flores are in saving grace area. Yeah, yeah. No longer. I I am I am all in. My my football sensitivities, my dolphins passion deep from the recesses of my aqua and orange soul. I want Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. I, I, I want Jim Harbaugh. I explained last week that this is a guy who knows how to make deep playoff runs. This is a guy who is comfortable with the RPO. If he is inheriting Tua, you'd think that he's the one who can maximize what Tua is. Even if you think Tua is limited with the offensive style of Jim Harbaugh, you can at least present Tua to a spot where he's effective and can help you win games. He would inherit a really strong defense as well. You know that Jim Harbaugh can build a staff. You are hoping there's not going to be the amount of turnover that Brian Flores had with his coaching staff. You know with Jim Harbaugh what you're getting from an offensive standpoint. You're not going to need the equivalent of five offensive coordinators in three years. And you're going to have a guy who this is maybe his last chance to finally win a Super Bowl at the NFL level. He has played in a Super Bowl. Uh, He has uh, coached in a Super Bowl, I should say. This is a no-brainer. And there's the relationship with him and Stephen Ross. Nothing that Stephen Ross said today makes me think that they aren't going to target Jim Harbaugh 
if Jim Harbaugh says, I'm here. But one thing I just thought about, as you said, and reminded me that he is a Stephen Ross guy, Chris Greer has been there 20 years. Mm -hmm. If he hires Harbaugh, can you ever see him firing Harbaugh? Like, maybe it would be good for the Dolphins organization to get that stability for the next two more decades, but also we see he's not really able to cut his guys because Chris Greer seems like a guy that would be a candidate for losing his job, and he hasn't well, for 20 years. Chris Greer, I get the sense, though, is next man up on the chopping block. Is he? I know it's been so long, but when you have Jim Harbaugh in the equation, and I would argue that Stephen Ross and Jim Harbaugh are probably closer than Stephen Ross is with Chris Greer. Yeah. like That, that is a, a decades-long relationship between Ross and Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, that's true. Uh, he so inherited Greer. Chris, yeah, exactly. Chris Greer then becomes the guy who now you focus on. It's going to be a one- or two-year leash on Chris Greer if Jim Harbaugh is the guy. And so I just I think you're going to pay, pay a lot of money for Jim Harbaugh. He's going to be a hot commodity. The Raiders are going to want him. The Bears are going to want him. The Broncos may want him. The Dolphins the should Panthers? be in that discussion. And the Panthers, Panthers have a head coach. Sorry, Theo. The Panthers, <laughs> as it stands right now, have a head coach. You're stuck with Matt Rule, okay? Not everybody can have the fun of a coaching vacancy with their team. I'm enjoying it. You don't have that. Think about it. But the team I grew up with, the Bears, and the team I've inherited, the Dolphins, both have vacancies right now. And both, seemingly, should want to go get Jim Harbaugh. How about that? My whole life, my football life has come full circle. It's all about Jim Harbaugh. It's all about Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> but what about some other names with the Dolphins? By the way, who would you like to see coach the Dolphins right now? And who is the hottest coaching commodity on the market? Who is the guy that should be the most pursued? 888-760-3776. This is for any team. 888-760-3776. And on Twitter, at ESPN West Palm. Who is going to be the hottest coaching commodity, and who should the Dolphins hire? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. May I, Theo, if the Dolphins go the route that I think they should, and that is getting former Head coaches, guys with head coaching experience, none of this first-timer anymore. May I interest you in a Doug Peterson? Mm, okay. A Super Bowl champion. Yeah. You a guy to, you who... You preface it with Super Bowl champion Doug Peterson to remind people. Yeah. You got to remind people sometimes right. that. Remember Nick Foles? Remember beating the Patriots? Yeah. That was Doug Peterson, okay? Back in a, a different era where we thought Doug Peterson was... A, a wise, a genius, genius yeah. football sage. I still think he provides value. He's an offensive mind. I still think he's someone that can utilize what the Dolphins have, and he's got the head coaching experience because I'm just not quite sure if you want to go with another name. And again, JMP brought him up. JMP is very smart, and I absolutely loved the I absolutely loved the thought of it when he texted me this this morning. Brian Dable, the Bills' offensive coordinator. That's an attractive name. It makes yeah. a lot of sense. Like for me, I'm very simple-minded. I'm very dopey. So I need to immediately have a light bulb pop or else I'm just not into it. That made my internal light bulb pop. Brian Dable is a good idea, but it doesn't fit my criteria. I need a first-time head coach. I know he's or, no, comfortable uh, with Tua. You, you uh, I, 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 I need a, a veteran, uh, an experienced head coach. I'm sorry. Um, again, the simpleton dope in me yeah. speaking. Um, but... I, I need a guy who's been an NFL head coach. I'm done with these what first-timers. Right, and, and the name that you don't hear anymore, is, or at least as much as you used to hear it, because last year this was the only name anybody brought up when there was a head coaching vacancy was Eric Bieniemy. Mm-hmm. but it seems like the riffle that he 
Chiefs went through as well as, I guess, just. Yeah, that's really tapered off, hasn't it? it? I think it just got tired. And I think also because his name was so tied to minorities and head coaching and black men not getting the head coaching jobs, it became one of those hot button things where it's like you can't just throw his name at every opening. Because now you seem like that guy. They're gonna think just, he's like like the uh, uh, like token yeah, candidate. Yeah, for exactly. This. Like so, it, it, it became sucks, taboo. Though. That it, sucks. It started as look at him. He's a great OC calling plays for the greatest. To now offense. It, he he like got cheapened. Yeah, it got weird because See, it took sucks, so long. Man. So like I would say his name, but then again, people don't want to just throw his name up again because we've done that at twenty different openings. Yeah. And then, it just is weird. We should just look at the Sean McVay coaching tree. There you go. Because every NFL coach just every NFL team just looks at uh, who did Sean McVay coach with, and they'll go with that. McVay, Shannon, Sirianni, Sir, oh, Sirianni. Like uh, who's the Cardinals? Oh, Cliff, uh, Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury. There we go. Yeah. yeah, Matt Lafleur. What what young attractive NFL yeah. head coach that once worked with Sean McVay or Sean McVay has in his cell phone? Can we go higher? That'll be the hot coaching commodity yeah. this cycle. I do think Brian Dable ends up being a commodity. And think about it; these teams are going to be looking for offensive head coaches. I wonder what the Bears do, though, because in the NFL, course correction is always what happens with this. You have an offensive head coach, you go get a defensive-minded head coach. You have a defensive-minded head coach, you go get an offensive-minded head coach. But the Bears are weird because they had the offensive head coach Did in Matt they? Nagy. Yeah, they, they technically had the offensive yeah. head coach in but Matt But you have Justin Fields. The focal point of that is Justin Fields. Do the Bears dare go out and get a defensive mind? I don't think so. I think they have to get an offensive guy. I really, truly do. They're in the market for an offensive head coach. The Dolphins are in the market for an offensive head coach. Yeah. The Broncos are in the market for an offensive head coach. The Vikings are in the market for an offensive head coach. This is a very saturated coaching market right now. The Jaguars are in the market for an offensive yeah, head coach. Definitely them. Man. It's weird because what kind of position do you need to be in as an organization to go get a defensive head coach? Like, it almost is a, it's a touchy hire these days because mm-hmm. everybody wants the genius. They want the brainiac. Man. Who's hiring defensive head coaches these days? That's I don't know. And there's certainly not in this offseason anyone who's yeah. going to do it. Yeah. Who should the Dolphins hire? Who's going to be the hottest NFL coaching commodity? I mean, the hottest will be whoever worked with Sean McVay. But that, I mean, like, yeah. the hottest from a talent standpoint. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Oxford, Mississippi. That's where Webster is. What's up, Webster? Hey, how you doing, guys, man? I really feel like, really feel like the, the hire should be, it should be Doug Peterson, and it's not close. Okay. okay. You know, like you, I'm tired of the retreads. Don't want a new head coach. Doug Peterson has proven it. Took Nick Foles and the Eagles to the to the Super Bowl. You've got an uh, offensive head coach who used to be a quarterback coach. Led in the offense, used to be a quarterback himself, a former Miami Dolphins, got tied there, and Doug Peterson has got to be the guy. Now, Webster, I he's proven it. I, I couldn't help but uh, but notice uh, where you're from in Oxford, Mississippi. So, uh, what about a um, <clears throat> Elaine Kiffin? Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Uh, uh, are you, uh, you know, Elaine Kiffin, he's a college guy. He's a college okay. guy for me. He's great in college. Let him stay in college. But as a Dolphins fan, man, I just want, want a, a proven head coach. When you look at the, the landscape right now, there's not a lot of guys out there that's been proven that's one at a level that Peterson's won. Sure. He kind of left the Eagles in a, in a fashion that, you know, not a lot of people liked. But when you look back on what he did there in a short amount of time, successful, 
I think it's Peterson, and I don't think it's close. Webster, I appreciate you. I just figured I'd take a shot at yeah. that deal. Yeah. I take a, I figured I'd take a shot. I saw Oxford, Mississippi. Figured I'd take a shot at the Lane Kiffin. It was he has head coaching experience. It was spot on. Nobody's going to blame you for taking a shot I'm at just that. Taking, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm taking my cut. Yeah. And it, uh, again, I've seen Lane's name come up on these social medias. That's not happening. It will be Lane's fun. not going to the NFL. It will be fun, but no, that's not a place He's for Lane right now. He's not going to the NFL. It is not happening. Uh, speaking of the SEC and Lane Kiffin, Alabama, Georgia tonight, national championship Man. game. We did it on Brightline Fine Line last week. I don't understand how Georgia is still a field goal favorite over Alabama in this game. Alabama, for me, wins by over 14. Wow. I think it's a two-touchdown at least win for Alabama in this game. It's hard to argue with as well because they have the dynamic quarterback. Like, they have the guy that can rip it, that can, like, create plays where there are no plays to be had. Like, yeah. Bama just, it just feels like, yeah, it's going to be another walk It almost away. feels inevitable, right? Yeah. It almost feels inevitable. And my God, waking up this morning, I didn't have one thought about the national championship game. Because it was all NFL. Can't we just play these on January 1st? Please, just move the playoff to, like, I don't know, Christmas. There's got to be a reason. I mean, usually when you ask that question, the, the reason is money. But oh, yeah, for they sure. They still get their money, and they're probably losing money because the attention is off of them right now. We just yeah. spent two hours talking about coaching vacancies, and we're now just getting to, oh, there's the, a national yeah, championship Yeah, the, the national game. championship game is being played tonight. Matter of fact, we talked about Harbaugh, who was just in the college football <laughs> playoff. And got bombed. Yeah. We've been talking about Harbaugh. We didn't even mention he was almost in this national championship well, game, except he was Okay, by almost. We're using that term loosely because he was in the game preceding the national championship yeah. game. There was no almost about yeah. that game, though. He was a game away. Yeah, yeah. He made an appearance in the game before the national championship game. Uh, real quick, I want to make sure I tell you about Pat Lawler of Lawler & Associates Personal Injury Attorneys before we get to Temple of Troll. Lawler & Associates Personal Injury Attorneys, my friend Pat Lawler. You'll hear him later this week. Our sports agent and sports law insider well he is absolutely immaculate when it comes to personal injury matters whether it's a slip and fall whether it's an automobile accident a boating accident a motorcycle accident he's not taking advantage of you he's not going to be mailing flyers if you get in an accident he doesn't do any of that stuff he wants you to know that he's there for you when you need his help he is not going to uh be predatory and pursue you because man there are way too many lawyers in south florida who are just looking for a cheap buck that's not pat lawler and associates personal injury attorneys they have decades of trial experience he wants to help you get the compensation you deserve that's lawler and associates personal injury attorneys free consultation it is free your consultation at wanttolawyerup.com write it down you never know when you're going to need it wanttolawyerup.com Lawler and Associates personal injury attorneys that's Lawler and Associates wanttolawyerup.com Theo Dorsey is a man who likes to talk trash Theo Dorsey is a man who is a successful professional he's driven he's hard working but he's also super petty He's really petty when it comes to football. He's so petty, in fact, that if your fantasy team is losing, he'll FaceTime you. Not a text, not a phone call, but he'll FaceTime you so he can look into your soul and grab any of your football passion. He'll talk trash about your team. He'll put you down if your favorite player is struggling because he's a troll. And it is time now for Theo Dorsey's Temple of Troll. Congregation, it's time to hear the good word. He prays for your sports pain. Rocio then rejoices and preaches pettiness. Theo Dorsey is in his bully pulpit. 
in the Temple of Troll. Brandon Staley, my guy. Ken, you know I had to go back to this I one. I know. I knew it was coming. Brandon Staley on that sideline with your big brain and your even more <laughs> expensive headset. <laughs> Big brain. Brandon Staley, coach of the, the Los Angeles Chargers, who were one tie away from making the playoffs with your super your Justin Herbert. You know, you're, you might have made a run, but Brandon Staley, you broke the trust of those Las Vegas Raiders. They were winking on the sidelines. You can look on the other sideline and see the Raiders like, oh, we're going to let the tie happen. We'll run the clock out. And Brandon Staley's like, I want to make it look like I want to win. He tried to get too cute. He got too big brain. If I call a timeout here, maybe in the post-game press conference, I could have said maybe they were settling for the tie. I wanted the win, but we'll take the tie and get in the playoffs. You caught that timeout. You put your sorry rush defense out there and let Josh Jacobs run another first down on you. It was almost made to be. You knew you couldn't stop the run. Josh Jacobs has been breaking 10-yard runs all game. He calls that timeout. The Chargers don't make the playoffs because he wanted to make it look cutesy like he was trying to get a win. Well, guess what you get now? You get a loss. You get to sit on the sideline. And now we got to watch Ben Roethlisberger play another meaningful football game, which I guess we all lose in the Temple of Troll today. Man, Brandon Staley, the target of the anger of the troll himself, Theo Dorsey. Man. Now, since we have just a couple of moments here, and we'll talk more about this tomorrow because we got inundated with uh, with coaching vacancies because we did not see Flores coming before uh, oh. before the show started. Uh, but I tend to think Brandon Staley calling that timeout didn't change a ton because they were still going to run it. They weren't going to kneel. They were still going to run. If anything, yeah, maybe the Raiders changed their running play, but it's not like they brushed out the magical running play because that timeout was called with four on the play clock. I think Brandon Staley is getting a lot more blame than he actually deserves because, as Mina Kimes put it on Twitter, we were all thinking about and hoping for the tie, and then the tie didn't happen, so the timeout is an easy thing to focus on. I don't think that was as egregious as people are making it out to be. It seemed like, though, if he didn't call that timeout, more time would have ran out the clock and the Raiders would have just did another run to end the game or nil it. You know, like, they didn't need to make that run for the first down if he didn't call that timeout so early in the play clock. I just, the, the play before, Josh Jacobs ran for seven yards yeah. around the edge. So that didn't look like a team that was trying to run out the clock. It looked like a team that was still trying to gain yards. I think both teams were posturing that they were trying to win. Like the Raiders were going to run the ball and try to win. They were, they were running the ball at the end of the day. So you've, you're going a little timeout and on here. Yeah. You're, you're a little conspiracy theory I think here. There was a little wink wink from both sidelines. We're going to run the ball. You know what I'm saying? And y'all are going to try and stop the run until this game is over with. And then they caught that precarious timeout, and the Raiders are like, oh, you're big and bad. You want to call a timeout? We're going to keep running the ball and kick a field goal. Uh, what's, uh, is, this, is this Staley that we have, Stone, here? Uh, let's uh, Rich Let's go hear from him first, the, uh, the Raiders coach, about the timeout. Yeah, it was, it was a conversation we were talking about. You know, I don't know if you know, we ran the ball there, and they didn't call a timeout. So I think they were probably thinking the same thing, you know, and then, then we had the big run to there. And when we got the big run and got us, we thought was field advantageous field goal position for us. We were going to take the field goal and try to win it. But we're certainly talking about it on the sideline. We want to see if they were going to call a timeout or not on that run. Mm. They didn't. So we thought they were thinking the same thing. And then we popped the run in there and gave us a chance to kick the field goal to win it. So we're certainly talking about it. But talking about it, he's referencing taking the tie. He's, he's referencing taking the tie. He was going to take there. the tie. And then when they called the timeout, he was like, all right. It's a ball game. Let's run it again. We're going to call our timeout now and kick a field goal. 
and then we win or tie. I just think they were still going to run it. They didn't come up with some magical running play because Brandon Staley called the timeout. I don't know. I just think it's too convenient. Yeah. I just think it's too convenient. We'll do more on this tomorrow. We're out of time. Two hours isn't enough. Give me a third. It took a week <laughs> to start complaining about that. Good job by Theodore CWPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29, Stone Banowitz Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levicka. Check Theo and I out tonight on WPTV News Channel 5 wearing sweatpants and T-shirts. Thanks for the heads up. This has been Ken Levicka live on ESPN 106.3. Bye-bye.